Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. It is another week. Hello and welcome. And today we're going to talk about our reflections on the Maggie Seawater class that Joy and I took together. But first, before we do that, let's talk about our creative weeks. So Joy, what did you do? Well, this past week I have actually done a good bit of research and research for a couple of different things. So um, I, I can't remember, I feel like we've talked about this before on the podcast, but about trying to put a lot of facts even into our fiction, um, and that's something that I'm pretty passionate about. And so I've been working on a short story collection, and I thought this was going to be simple, but you know what? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and that turns out to be a good thing, because what I've discovered is uh, just some amazing aspects of our history that I can incorporate in some of these stories. That extends timelines and stuff like that, but that's not the point. I digress. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So it's been fun. I cannot wait to read the short stories that come out of it. Yay. I hope they'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be amazing. They're going to be amazing. <laughs> so what about you? Tell us about your creative week. You've had an amazing one, I know. This has been a big week. Uh, I've done a lot of stuff, but uh, mostly I've been working on making some solid decisions and implementation on some brand changes for me. And I've been doing it really slowly, but things are coming together. I'm be, I'm starting to see the picture. I'm a very visual learner. So I've taken the time with this to, to make good decisions about this. It's been a very eventful week and I hope yours has two listeners out there. We will transition into our topic now. So Joy and I have been talking about instruction, like creative learning instructions and events and how to prepare for those events, how to handle yourself during those events and how to handle yourself after the events too, in order to have the most bang for your buck with the learning and the creating. So Joy and I both purchased Maggie Seawather's seminar in order to really put our money where our mouth was. We took everything that we told you guys and we put it into practice with the Maggie Seawater seminar. We have the link if you're interested in purchasing it. It's going to be in the show notes. And we will tell you that we are not affiliates of Maggie Seawater seminar. However, we should be. Because we should be. We got lots of good things to say. So we could have taken all of this information and thought about it and never have let it affect our creative lives and our creative process. But that's what we wanted to stop doing whenever we decided to do this this whole series. We wanted to actually let the information permeate our processes and really make a difference. And we think that this seminar is actually going to do that because of the way that we have chosen to intake the information, process it, and then export it out into the world. I am so glad that we decided to 
put together this outline of how we were going to approach this class. Um, I think that this was the perfect timing for us to do this. It's something that we've kind of talked about in the past, and we finally have taken that thought, and we've made it something solid. And I'm so glad that we did, because thanks to that outline, I was an active learner through this whole seminar. Like, I never have been before. Um, so after each video, I took the time to go back through my notes. Um, I think I mentioned this in one of the previous podcasts where we were talking about getting the most from your creative instruction, um, that I had like a color code <laughs> for the, the different types of notes that I wanted to jot in the margins, what kind of notes those were, and those truth nuggets too, that was another one. Uh, so I participated in almost all of the exercises immediately after the video. Um, there are still maybe a couple of exercises that I decided to hold on to, which now at this point, I don't know, I may have even done some of those, you know, because it just naturally happened when I've been writing these short stories. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, just being that active learner throughout the process. Yeah. I too was an active learner. <laughs> Look at you, you active learner. You. <laughs> but that is, that was really only because we decided to take on this project. And I did, we didn't feel like we could do a good job with giving you advice on how to make the most of creative instruction without actually making sure that the information that we were giving you worked. So here we go. We've got our little templates and we're going into this, we're going into the seminar. And I believe that I was fully present uh, for not just the seminar, but also for the implementation because of that. And I had action steps in my subconscious, like in my mind, because we had already decided that we wanted to make action steps by the end of it. I felt organized and I felt in control, which was a big deal. I feel like everything is done re retroactively instead of proactively. And this time I was proactive and it made a big difference. Um, so it's like the difference between a person who's chosen to help the magician on the stage and the person who's an onlooker, you know, like trying to gain whatever spare knowledge that she can pick up through a window. And like, that's the difference between like proactive and retroactive. And I felt like the magician's apprentice up there <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> Joy and I are going to talk about what we gained from the seminar. And so the first thing that I gained from the seminar was actually a new perspective on story altogether. So before I thought of story as a medium that this particular plot, these particular characters, the story arc, the structure could only be told in one way. And after it was expressed in that one way, it would die. <laughs> so, oh, that was, that was my old, I know, it's terribly sad. So that was my old perspective. I'm, I'm going to share Maggie Seawater's perspective, which is a story is actually in your mind. It's in your right brain. You hold that story inside of yourself, a four-dimensional kind of way. It's not just words. It's sight. It's sound. It's feelings. It's emotions. And you hold that in your mind in perfect condition. However, when you try to extract that from your mind and turn it into 
something that's in a particular medium, and that could be a canvas. It could be a, a sculpture. It could be a book. See where I'm going with this? <laughs> and you try to take that four-dimensional perfect story that's in your right brain and turn it into something two-dimensional, like words on a page. You're going to lose some of that feeling or a smell or a sound or something that makes it so whole and in your mind and that's okay and that's my new perspective that a story that I choose to write down on a piece of paper is a translation of that 4d story in my right brain come down into a two-dimensional medium it was totally mind-blowing for me as well. I think that that was the biggest thing. It was just this altered view of this concept of storytelling, that it's translation. Um, it's taking something you know, up here and then trying to present that to others. Um, and it's never going to be as perfect as it is in your head, as she says. Um, so she completely altered the way I think of writing. And at first, because she had many, 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 many videos in the beginning, all about what to do before you ever started writing. And I thought, this is absolutely bonkers. Like, I don't know what in the world she is telling me to do, and I don't think I can do this. <laughs> but once I went through those videos and I kind of saw her process, I was like, this makes perfect sense. Because you're taking this thing that is just this nebulous whatever up here that you can't necessarily express yet and you're going through all of these processes that she does in her own writing before she ever picks up a pen and that's helping with that translation uh, so mm -hmm. now i cannot wait to implement these new methods and adjust things that i've done before to be a lot more effective as i move forward in my writing um, and the funny thing is, because I planned on this fall beginning my, my brand new my fantasy series, and the whole time I'm going through this course, I'm thinking, oh, I can use this there, and this is going to be perfect, and I'm going to hang on to this little exercise, and I'm going to do that next time, completely overlooking the fact that I'm about to finish writing the short story collection. I'm thinking, ah, that's old news. You know, I can't use this here. Well, come to find out, I've actually started implementing this already with these short stories that I'm writing. And so her whole process has just already permeated my, it's permeated my process. I love the way that you said that a few minutes ago, um, that it's permeated that process already. And I'm already taking this amorphous thing called story and translating it onto the page for my readers in a whole new way. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> I feel like that those are steps in like the metamorphosis of of thought to paper, discovering the premise and the mood and all of these things, you know, that she tells us to do in these very early videos before you even pick up a pen is just trying to get it from your brain. So it's like, you know, from your brain into your hands. So you can actually put it down into words. It's, it's um, transforming the thought into words and it's doing it in a very subtle way like when you're doing the exercises, you don't even recognize the transformation until it's done, mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting. It's, it's so psychological and cool. So sneaky. 
definitely Vera sneaky. sneaker. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky. I like it. So the first thing was a new perspective. And because of that new perspective, I now have a new goal <laughs> in my creative projects. So I can totally say that my goals have changed about like when I decide to create something. So my old goal was to make a good book. And my new goal is to make a version of the story and the medium that I've chosen with the least amount of compromise between my right brain and my hands. Because there are going to be a lot of decisions that we have to make as creatives between what's in our mind and what we actually produce. And what was so cool about this seminar is that she gave us these exercises but she also sneakily, again, created touchstones for us to go back to whenever we have decisions to make. She's like, hold it up to this filter. This thing that you've decided at the very beginning is the product that you want to make. And make sure that your decisions mirror or match what you wanted from the beginning. And something that's cool about that, too. And something that I didn't recognize until today when I was starting to write notes for this podcast is that when Joy and us created the QWERTY Writing Life, we wrote a description for us. And that description was, the QWERTY Writing Life is two friends guiding creative passions from the heart to the hands. And so this goal is in line with who I am as a creative. And it's also in line with who I am as half of Cordy Writing Life. Yeah, I love it when things come together. <laughs> so I have a new perspective. I have a new goal. And because of these things, I also have a new plan. So my new plan is to rethink my drafting process. And I want to merge Maggie's process with some of the informa information that I learned in Lindsay Aker's 80-20 course. And I'll have that in the link below too. That's the fast drafting course that I talked about earlier in the year. So because of the energy that I'm feeling right now, I want to start my current project over. That is the first time that I've actually said that out loud. And I'm now I've said it to all of our listeners and it feel, it still feels weird, but no take backs. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> the whole idea sounds crazy, right? Um, like you've already worked years on this project. You have written the draft. You're starting to revise it, but it's not what I want to make. <laughs> like it's, it's turned into something different and it's like when I think about the touchstones that I have for the project it's not meeting them and I think that because I have so many hours in it and I have so much effort in it that those are actually obstacles between the story that's in my head and the story that I want to tell you got this <laughs> But does it feel good, though, that, like, this decision feels right? Yeah. It's a huge relief, actually. So I think for me, um, two other things that this course really gave me were a confidence in myself and my abilities and also an affirmation um, to just stay true to my style. Um, so, like, you talked about the least amount of compromise from the heart to the hands, you know, um, kind of along the same lines. Uh, Maggie has given me steps to take 
to set me up for success before I ever start typing. And that's just mind boggling to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And she's also confirmed for me that it's okay for me to follow my own style and method because that's what she does. And I'm beyond thankful for her honesty and for her openness because I see this so often in other writers where I feel um, that other authors present the one way. You know, it's like they talk about these formulas and these musts and these do's and they, these don'ts and they quote rules like they're the Ten Commandments of writing. But the truth is, that is not the kind of field that we have chosen, guys. That's just not it at all. Any creative field is not like that. I have known so many writers who have been stifled by that because that's where they stopped. Mm -hmm. They they ran across someone who either they said this is the only way or this is the best way or whatever, and they just stopped there. And they've been trying to do this one thing the way that this author does it for so long, and they mm -hmm. that's not the way for them, maybe. And so it really yeah. stifles people. So that's why I love that Maggie is very upfront with saying, look, my way may not be your way. No, and I agree with you in that. I know we're talking about formal education here with conferences and seminars and things like that, but this can also be given to you in a very informal way and you might not be on your guard and you might internalize it and you might stop. And I just encourage you to just be aware when people are giving opinions and, you know, look at them as opinions and not necessarily fact, unless you find that it's true to you as well. Very true. Creativity by nature is a fluctuating beast. Every artist sees something different when they stare at the blank page. And this is another thing that she talked about. Um, every artist sees something different when they stare at the blank page or the empty canvas or the bare music lines or the uncut piece of rough wood or the blob of clay. Um, so whatever your medium is. And just as every vision for filling or molding those mediums begins and ends wildly different, so should our journeys from start to finish vary. They're just, they're going to. So as Maggie said up front, because she, as she said on the video, she was advised to do this a long time ago by a very wise person in the industry. She can't teach us how um, to write. She can teach us how she writes. And that's exactly what she did. And so in doing that, she gave me confidence in what I've been doing, along with new methods to try out a new perspective on it all, a new way of looking at it, and ways to adjust the other steps to make them more effective for me. So there you go. So for me, this was an entirely new perspective on creativity and writing that I had not experienced in my decade or more of craft research. So she gave me theories and thoughts that I have not come across at all. So this, this was really, um, enlightening for me because I also feel like this is one that my creative soul resonated with, which is also so important. So it was like pulling back the veil and there was a clarity of the creative process that I had did not have before. So <laughs> this is going to sound silly, but I swear my right brain like sang out, Oh, there you are sister to Maggie's right brain. <laughs> 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 I feel the same way with you, Joy. Like we just transmit the same radio frequency, you know, 
creatively. But um, I have hope that in my writing process that it can be better because of the this new fresh way of thinking that my writing process can be streamlined and it can be deeper. I can have more driven stories and more introspective stories and more mature stories because there's such a richness and thought here. So I also feel like I gained some understanding from the seminar. So there were a lot of aha moments during the videos and reading the, the PDF workbook. So I never felt, felt like weighed down or overwhelmed with the information or the theories that, that she presented. In fact, I found myself like nodding and smiling a lot and thinking, I've never heard it expressed this way before. I dig it, Maggie. <laughs> like, I believe that because Maggie's analysis of writing and creativity jives well with my experiences and truths I've discovered along the way. So you might be wondering, how do you know this, May? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I know this by acknowledging my positive instinctual response and creative eagerness during the exercises and during the lectures, specifically how my right brain like woke up and began making ideas during the exercises and the instruction. A lot of what we do as creatives is based on how does this make me feel, <laughs> you know? Like, does it feel right? And I can tell you that this perspective felt right to me. And I can't wait to start making things with it. Yes. I mean, definitely, I think a couple of other things that um, this whole experience brought for me was an articulation for the process that maybe I didn't have before. I've learned mm -hmm. that, you know, Maggie's my spirit animal, apparently. <laughs> so several of the things that she does were things that I'm already doing or, you know, might be kind of doing or something like that, but I didn't really know how to articulate it, to explain it to others. Even when she shared methods that might not work for me, I felt like I had learned something invaluable because I was being shown another author's process without feeling pushed to accept that entire process as my own. So gotcha. that was just a really refreshing way to be able to just enjoy observing how another artist creates. So yeah, I didn't feel any pressure at all to implement anything that she said. However, uh, she said it so convincingly that I wanted to at least try it, right? If we take the time to find a seminar, we vet the host, we make sure that we have the time for it. We pre-prepare for it. Then we are active learners during it. I mean, that's a lot of effort, right? So why wouldn't we go that extra step to do every single exercise or at least try the process that the host is presenting to us? We can throw it away. We don't ever have to do it again, but we shouldn't write it off just because we it doesn't like snap immediately. Does that make sense? does well I want to say that I adored her as well like icing on top of all of the informational cake was that the presentations were engaging and conversational so she shared personal examples and thought processes that 
hated the theories and stuff that she presented. So she joked and she laughed and she personalized the experience. And it's probably the best seminar I've ever taken. And I've, I've been, I've been taking some seminars for a good while now. You know, I now know that I can implement what she taught me because she didn't just tell me how to, she showed me how, and she already made me implement it by doing these exercises. So as we went through, we were already implementing these things, even before we finished the course. Mm. And I am actually, I have a plan to make templates from this information to use whenever I start a new novel and a checklist for revisions. And I know that there will be much more to come from the seminar. The longer that the information has to like percolate because it's only been a little while, but these are like the two things, like the two right now things that I can identify is the templates and the whole new perspective on story. So beyond all of the rest, I got to walk through this experience with my writing bestie. <laughs> so even though we haven't been able to discuss and swap and share as much as we would have liked about what we were learning because life and unforeseen technical difficulties on the day we decided to watch the seminar. Yes. <sighs> the times we have been able to share <laughs> have been very special. And I loved listening to Maggie and thinking, May's going to love this example from her first draft. Or I wonder what May will think about this tip for her own writing. Or I can't wait to tell May that those first three prep methods are how I do things. I just didn't know how <laughs> the terms for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's how I do it ha <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> so we didn't get to talk in real time whenever we were doing the seminar however we thought it would be kind of fun to end this episode on some excerpts from our messenger thread we're gonna inject the emotion that we had when we were typing into the reading so are you ready, guys? Oh, I don't know if we can do this because there were emojis involved. There were many emojis involved. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, tells us what emotion to put into our voice. So just this is our acting. Oh. Are you ready, guys? <laughs> I just finished the second video, the one that ends with mood, love, all caps, multiple exclamation points. Um, I'm doing the exercise for premise, but have to get lunch ready now. Boo. Boo is right. <laughs> <laughs> These are fantastic. Can you imagine if we'd had this resource from our beginnings? So my next excerpt is, the workbook is in our inbox. <laughs> that was a very exciting moment. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> okay, so this next one. I'm not going to do it the way that it's written because I would be screaming into the microphone and you probably don't want that. So just imagine, if you will, all caps throughout. Maggie diagrams sentences for fun, too. So my next excerpt is, I love a Maggie Steve Otter. <laughs> Story part three is so good. <laughs> and I totally heard it in that voice. <laughs> So my response was, I agree. She makes my heart sing and speaks my language. Her process for preparing to write, summary, synopsis, outlines, etc., 
that's what I do. And I'm yeah, already actually. finding myself incorporating Maggie-ness in my writing. <laughs> and we came up with WWMD. What would Maggie do? Yes, what would Maggie do? We are 90s kids who yeah. grew up with the WWJD. Bracelets. And the and bracelets shirts. and everything. And finally, the last excerpt is this gym. <laughs> We're rocking 2020. In your face, pandemic. Word. <laughs> and with that, we are going to give you a QWERTY challenge. All right. So here is our QWERTY challenge. Reflection is so important after a learning event, but even more so is implementation. So last week, we asked you to follow our during and after suggestions for a learning event, which included making an action plan. So now it's time to make something. <laughs> Solidify the way that you will implement the knowledge you've just gained and figure out if it sits well with the way you make things. In other words, does it work for you? Exactly. And you won't know until you try it. If you do have any questions, please feel free to email us at editorial at logosandmythospress.com and we'll be happy to talk to you about the seminar and also creative instruction. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear what you're working on and what seminars you might be taking. So everybody have a great week. Yes. And go make something. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May, you just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think QWERTY Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting qwertywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.